Amen, amen, amen. Church, is God great? Yes, do we serve a great, great God? Amen. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. God is great. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am always, always so honored and so privileged to be with you in the house of the Lord. And this morning is no different. So I pray that you all had a great weekend, that all our football teams won. Go Warriors. Yeah? Any Sooner fans in the house? No? I have a nephew that plays on the Sooners. So, yeah, great, great, great weekend. But today is a great day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we do rejoice. We are glad in it. And God, I really believe, has a lot that he wants to share with us this morning, so we're going to get right into it. If you would please bow your heads in prayer with me. Father God, Lord, you are a great, great, great God, Father. There are no words, Heavenly Father, for us to describe. We're just so in awe of who you are in our lives, Father. And Father, I thank you so much for this morning, for this privilege to bring forth your word, Lord. Father, I ask that you would steal me that you would still all of us in this room, Father God, that we would be still and know that you are God. Father, that our hearts would be open to receive what you have for us this morning, Lord. That your word would go forth, Heavenly Father, and be seated deep in our hearts, Father God, that it will accomplish all that you have set it forth to accomplish because your word never returns void, Father. Father, I pray that your gentle Holy Spirit would permeate this place, Fill this place, Father God, and that you would bring healing where healing is needed, Father. Help us, Lord, Heavenly Father, as we receive what you give us today to go beyond these walls, Father God, and impact some life on your behalf. Lord, we give you glory. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So this is week eight of this sermon series titled, Peeled God's life in us. And I'm just going to ask my good friend Jeannie here if she could pass me my glasses because I am half blind up here. And thank you, Jeannie. Thank you. And um, there we go. Now I can see. So this is the eighth week of this sermon series titled Peeled God's Life Revealed in Us. And hopefully, after eight weeks of hearing Galatians 5 22 to 23, that we are very familiar with this verse, and more importantly, that we are living out these characteristics of Christ in our lives. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. This verse that we've been hearing about for the past eight weeks, this verse is what our lives should look like when the Holy Spirit lives in and through us. That even when the world around us becomes stressful and chaotic, when circumstances seem too heavy to bear, that even then, because the greater one lives in us, that we can still experience and extend love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This verse is about what our lives should look like and what we can extend to others. And so today's message is about the characteristic of Christ 
called gentleness. Some Bible versions, like the NIV, say gentleness. Other versions, like the King James, says meekness. You know, church, it's interesting to me that these days, people don't like to be described as gentle or as meek. In today's world, people want to be the strongest. People want to be the biggest. People want to be the fastest. People want to be the loudest. People don't like to be described as gentle or meek because we equate it with being weak. You know, I remember years ago, I was in a leadership workshop, and we did a group exercise, and we were made to stand in a circle. And each person took turns in that circle, and we were to look at each one of those in the circle, look at them in the eyes and say one word that describes them, that we believe describes them. And so my coworker, she jumps in the middle of the circle and she wants to go first. And she starts like four people away from me. And so she goes up to the first person. She looks them straight in the eye and she says, bold. And then she goes to the next person and she looks them in the face and she says, determined. And then she goes to the third person and she looks at them in the eyes and she says, dynamic. And then she comes to the person next to me and I'm getting excited because I want to hear what she has for me. She looks at the person next to me and she goes, powerful. And then she reaches me and she stands right in front of me and she looks me in the eye and she says, meek. And I was like, Whoa, 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 get back here. Nah, I didn't really do that. But when she said meek, it was like my ego was deflated. I felt like I was underestimated. Like, I didn't want to be the meek one in this group. You know, I was thinking, hey, I too am a leader. That's why I was invited to this workshop. I'm just as bold and determined and dynamic and powerful as anyone in this group. But you know what, church? God quickly got a hold of my heart, and he said, hey, 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 Wonder Woman, calm down, relax. It's not about you. I need you to have a gentle spirit so that I can accomplish what I want to do through you. You know, today I look back, and I see how the gentleness of the Holy Spirit allowed me to reach people who were hard to reach. I look back and I see that the gentleness of the Holy Spirit was with me when as a CPS social worker, I entered the homes of parents addicted to crystal meth, addicted to ice, and I had to tell them that I was about to remove their children from their care. The gentleness of the Holy Spirit was with me when I had to go into OCCC to talk to a man who had just beat his wife to a pulp with a baseball bat and had a standoff with the SWAT team. The gentleness of the Holy Spirit was with me when I had to interview a foster child's father who had been committed to the Hawaii State Hospital for a crime. You know, church, in every situation, the common denominator was that they had a mental health issue. So I had to be confident, assertive, yet gentle. 
If I had walked into those situations with a tough, authoritative, lay down the law kind of attitude, I probably wouldn't be with you here today. I'd probably be with Jesus already. Galatians 5, 24, 26 says this. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. You see, church, being gentle or meek is far from being weak. In fact, it takes more strength to be gentle in a tough situation when your flesh wants to do otherwise. Gentleness is really strength under control by submission to God. Jesus was assertive, even confrontational, yet gentle, because he used his power for others. And the same holds true for us. Gentleness is not just a matter of giving out hugs or cupcakes or speaking softly. Gentleness is the character trait of Jesus. And gentle people have a way of putting others first. Philippians 4, 5 says this, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Ephesians 4, 1 to 2 says this, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore or beg you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Church, I want to take this opportunity to spend some time this morning talking about mental health and to raise an awareness about what it's like for those who have a mental health issue or mental illness and to understand what it can be like for a caretaker who is very often called to put the needs of someone with a mental health condition or a mental illness before their own. It takes strength to be gentle. You know, when I think about gentle giants, and I don't mean in a physical sense, but in the sense that what they do day in and day out to care for their loved one with a mental health condition is huge. I think about Penny 10. You know, for the majority of us, we have a season where we raise our children and then eventually they become adults. They become adults and they become independent from us and then they go on to raise their own families. But for Penny, it's been very different. The level of support that she provides to Brian into his 40s and probably for the rest of his or her life is amazing. In our women's group, Penny never has a mean or harsh word to say. Not that there aren't hard times and sometimes even there are tears, but the gentleness of the Holy Spirit is always evident when she shares. I'm so thankful to Penny for allowing me to honor her today. My second Gentle Giant Award goes to Virgil White. Virgil is very much a man's man. He's a tough John Wayne kind of guy. 
And for those of you who are too young and you don't know who John Wayne is, well, you missed out on a great actor. Virgil's wife was actually going to share their love story around her bipolar mental illness this morning, but she had a tough bout last night and she's resting today. But for Virgil and Maria, they have been together since Maria was a teenager. So for this cowboy, it's been decades of sleepless nights. It's been every day ensuring Maria's safety while he goes to work. It's been many, many, many times comforting her during her darkest hours. But if you ever sit with Virgil and have a conversation with him, the gentleness and the love with which he describes their relationship is priceless. How blessed Maria is to have Virgil, who has held steady to his vows more than 30 years when other men might have bailed. Amen. Amen. I hope you're not clapping because you would have bailed. No, I know you're not. But church, not everyone is as fortunate as Brian to have a penny or a Maria. See, September is National Suicide Prevention Month. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Suicide is often a result of untreated mental health conditions, meaning they did not receive the help or support that they so desperately needed. Church, I have asked Jeannie Chan to help me raise awareness about mental illness and suicide prevention. Please welcome my friend Jeannie to the stage. And as Jeannie... As Jeannie makes her way up here, I just want to tell you a little bit about who she is. She's a member of this church. Jeannie is a psychotherapist. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she's a certified health coach. Jeannie provides Christian counseling in a private practice. And as a side note, Jeannie also goes on medical missions with her husband, Sam, to third world countries. Jeannie, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share the pulpit time. It's very humbling. Um, first of all, as a therapist, other than seeing clients you know, in the practice, I do believe that um, it is my responsibility also to uh, engage in educational um, opportunities and also removing stigma and uh, perhaps clarify things that have been myths surrounding mental illness. Um, in our community. So recently, I attended a mental health conference organized by HIM. Um, it was really awesome. It was the inaugural event um, in Hawaii. Um, at the event, uh, the keynote speakers included Dr. Dan Moorhead, uh, a psychiatrist, and representatives from NAMI, which is uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness that uh, Yvonne had mentioned, also, uh, Kay Warren, uh, wife of Pastor Rick Warren, if you have read the book um, Purpose Driven Life, you would know who that is. So, uh, Pastor Rick Warren and Kay Warren, they had lost their son uh, to suicide a few years ago. So, they are now uh, big advocates in uh, talking, you know, educating people about mental illness. So, Yvonne talked about how to be, you know, how to live out that gentleness, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. So, as a church, 
how can we become a more a gentler, a more welcoming church? We are so very blessed. Salvation Army is known for this, is famous for um, how it is accepting all, you know, serving all people without discrimination. So we're very blessed here. But when we go home, we have neighbors, right? We have co-workers, um, we have classmates. So hopefully with this sharing, we can be more, not only just aware, but able to take some steps to reach out to people around us. So <clears throat> when I talk about mental illness, um, I'm referring to things like beyond your, you know, your average day of like stress, your stressful day. It's not like that. You had a, uh, a conflict with your coworker at work and you're feeling a little irritated that day. It's beyond that. And it's definitely beyond your post-vacation blues. Uh, we're not talking about those. It's definitely more severe than that. Uh, symptoms that can uh, constitute the clinical depression, mood disorders, anxiety disorders, um, uh, even psychotic disorders, such as people who live with active psychosis, uh, visual and auditory, or even uh, tactile uh, hallucinations. Um, so first off, what is a mental illness? Um, if you follow with the slides, mental illness is a medical illness. It is a medical condition that affects the brain, okay? So look at it. It is a medical condition. It is both mental and physical. It is very common, and you will see in just a minute how common it actually is. It can affect all of us. It is real. It is as real as any other medical problem that we experience. It is nobody's fault. It is not a spiritual problem. It is not a spiritual problem, although unresolved spiritual issues can maintain or perpetuate certain symptoms. It is highly treatable, but may not be curable, much like a lot of other medical conditions um, that we experience. My husband is in healthcare and he can really vouch for this. Just think of the chronic, you know, diabetes, heart condition, um, even asthma sometimes. We cannot really cure completely, but we can treat them with very effective treatment um, methods, yeah? The good news is though, as, as Christians, um, we want to look at our life from an eternal perspective. So we may not have physical cure, but what we really desire and hopefully pursue is spiritual healing, is the restoration of wholeness inside, and that is only found in Jesus Christ. So having a mental illness, more good news here is that it's not lack of faith. It is not a lack of prayer, as many believe, uh, not a result of sin, and not a punishment from God. Seeking mental health treatment, such as counseling, psychotherapy, uh, reaching out to people uh, through adult uh, support groups, is not being disloyal to God. Amen. So how real and how common is when we talk about mental health issues? So I'm going to show you some statistics based on some very large research studies that have been conducted over the years. About 20% which is one in five of Americans live with a mental health condition in the last 12 months. So you can look, count, one, two, three, four, five, yeah? 
Actually, some more recent studies actually say 25%, one in four. So between 20 to 25% of Americans live with a mental health condition in the last 12 months. About 46.4% of the population have experienced a mental illness in their lifetime. Look at that number. Almost half of the population have experienced a mental illness in their lifetime. Let that sink in a little bit. About 25%, which is uh, a quarter of the people living with mental illness, would often seek help from a clergy, from church first, as their first point of help. But many clergy over the years have reported, unfortunately, they didn't feel equipped to help people living with mental illness. So I'm very, very pleased that Major Debbie and Major um, Phil allow us to share. And this is a very accepting environment, but again, this is to equip us so that when we go out, we can shine brightly for Jesus. Um, 90% of people who died by suicide has suffered one or more mental illnesses, and Yvonne had touched on that. 90% who, of people who are contemplating suicide, thinking that the pain in life is so overwhelming, there's no other way out, and the only way to, to seize that pain is to take their own life. Imagine, they may not go to a therapist, a doctor. They may very well be sitting at church week after week. Do we take those cues? Do we reach out? And please do not believe the myth that if someone is thinking of suicide, we should not mention the word suicide. We may put that idea in their head and encourage to do something that they have never imagined of doing. No, that is a myth. They actually are crying out for help. They are not going to be surprised if you mention the word suicide. Um, they may actually find it a big relief that you actually pick up that cue. So let's bring it home to Hawaii. What does that mean? In Hawaii, suicide is the second leading cause of death for people between ages of 15 to 34. On av in an average year, the, the number is 170 cases of suicide in our small state alone. 170 in a year. And so therefore, on average, one person dies by suicide approximately every two days in Hawaii. So with the group this size today, most likely many of us have been affected either directly or indirectly by a mental illness. The stigma may be very strong still, you know, among, uh, in the community. At the same time, a place of worship like this should be a place where people can find healing and peace and restoration and be a safe place for everyone to feel accepted and welcome. And as a church family, we can do something about this. I want to share these two scriptures. Proverbs 12.25 says this. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word. Can you repeat after me? A what? A good word makes it glad. That is really good news. We can all, you know, if we have hope in Jesus Christ, we can share a good word, a comforting and uplifting word. 1 Corinthians 12.26 says this. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So if we overlook people with need in our own church community, for sure, we will not be able to experience the fullest measure of blessing that God wants 
for our whole body of Christ. So how can we as a church family um, help within the healthy boundaries? And how can we foster a culture of compassion and gentleness even more as a Salvation Army church community? There are some small steps here. Um, these were shared by Kay Warren, and they are very basic. Everybody can implement this. It does not require a big budget um, or even church staff. We can all be a, a good neighbor you know, to people around us. So it stands, uh, it's C-H-U-R-C-H, and what is that? Church. Church. C stands for caring for people um, living with mental illness and their families. So while we reach out to the people with mental illness, let's not forget people, the caretakers who are taking care of them. We need to be sensitive to their needs also. So this is the time, you know, like say in your Ohana group or uh, Bible studies, we need to develop radical friendships. We really need to be more bolder and reach out um, and offer the gift of presence. H stands for help with practical needs. Um, People living with mental illness, just like any other medical condition, some days they need some support and help for cooking a meal, for picking up the kids, you know, for maybe transportation to the doctor. Um, hopefully we can be um, able to, we can, you know, look at those needs and help to fill them. U stands for utilizing the trained volunteers. So in a community, there are many trained volunteers, professionals, social workers, support groups. Hopefully, we can come up with some re referral source list to help them, maybe put together some uh, mental health resources and library. R stands for remove the stigma and clearing the damaging attitudes. Unfortunately, even among Christians, we have not been too gentle and kind to people. Um, so hopefully... By me standing here today, I'm ho hoping to achieve that to some extent, is to remove the stigma, to clear away the damaging attitude sometimes we have, um, meaning to increase acceptance of the mentally ill individuals as equal members of the church. And if you have experienced uh, some mental illness or know some family members who have, feel free to share your stories with the people you are trying to help. We are really very blessed. Um, again, you know, Salvation Army has so many branches of services reaching out to different population of needs. And it's really a blessing. Uh, not many churches or communities have that. I myself was born and raised in Southeast Asia. I'm from Malaysia. We don't have mental illness there. <laughs> no, that's not true. Nobody talks about it. It's such a huge stigma. So to be able to stand here and share this is really a privilege. Um, collaborate is C, collaborate with the community. Um, again, we need to look at the person with living with mental illness as a whole person. So this person may come to church for spiritual guidance and help and encouragement, but this person also has other needs, you know, physical needs and perhaps some financial needs. So we have to treat the person as a whole person, um, look at them uh, system, with systemic and holistic care uh, available to them. Last but not least, the last H is offer the hope of Jesus Christ. And I tell my clients in the practice all the time, ultimately that's all we, we need and all we have. We need to look at life with eternal perspective the physical body eventually will go away. But hopefully this person does know Jesus Christ. 
know the hope of Jesus Christ, have experienced that. And this is where our church family can come in to offer that hope of Jesus Christ, our wounded healer, because this is the church, you know, is where freedom and victory can be found. Um, This is where we offer prayers, word of encouragement, and sharing the word in fellowship. I hope this is helpful for us um, as a church to live out the fruit of gentleness and become a gentle church to those who live with mental illness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeannie. So I want to invite the praise and worship to come back up. And as they're making their way up, um, one in five, that's sobering, right? When I think about one, two, three, four, five, one of us in this circle of five has been suffering a mental health condition in the past 12 months. And, you know, I think about myself and I just say, hey, pray for me. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I go through the same old thing around the same old mountain over and over again. When Jeannie talks about here in Hawaii, that it's so close to home, right? Too close to home, that there is a suicide every two days on average. So is it today that someone takes their life? Or is it tomorrow? Because it's one of these two days that somebody's going to take their life. You know, I I think about the, the news that came out last month about the young pastor in California who took his own life. And he was the leader of a big congregation. And he left behind a wife and very young children. And so nobody's immune to mental health challenges, right? I think about our pastors. You know, they're always so encouraging to everybody. They're always praying and encouraging each and every one of us. And, you know, there's just two of them, but there's probably 500 or more of us across the congregation. But who's encouraging the encourager? That's why prayer is so important. My daughter, she's a mother. She's been married, I don't know how, 10 years about. But she's the mother of three young boys. And very often she'll come to me. And now in retrospect, I see that she was seeking help. She would come and tell me things. And this is my response. I'd say, well, Selene, welcome to the world of motherhood. And there have been other instances where she'd come and she'd want to share something with me. And in my busyness, I would say, hey, Selene, welcome to the world of motherhood. I didn't realize how desperate she was until she one day she came and I said that to her. And she had a meltdown right in my living room. And she said, mom, you don't even hear me. I'm trying to tell you something. And all you can say to me is, well, Selene, welcome to the world of motherhood. You know, church, sometimes if we're not careful and our hearts are not open to listen to the cry for help, like what does that look like? What does that sound like when people are reaching out for help? And we're so busy in our, 
in our own stuff trying to save the world that we don't hear it. And my prayer is that we don't do just church well, but that we do life well with others. And so today, as we wrap up, on the sides here in this sanctuary are prayer warriors who are there to pray with you. And maybe you know somebody, or maybe it's you going through a rough time. Maybe there's some depression. Or maybe it's you that hasn't received Jesus Christ as your Savior yet. Because that's where the true healing starts. And so I want to allow the praise and worship team to sing another song. And if you want to come down and partner with our prayer warriors to pray for someone or pray for yourself, come on down. Or if you want to come here to the altar and just be with Jesus, the altar is open. So I'm going to ask the praise and worship team to sing and invite you to pray. Father God, Lord, Father, we come and worship you, Father God, because you are a great, great God, Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, that you are the great healer, that, Father, in the greatest challenges of our lives, Father God, that you are there, that you are with us on the mountaintops, and you are with us even more in the valleys, Father. And Father, I thank you, Heavenly Father, that no mental illness, no disease, nothing is beyond your reach, Father. And so I thank you. I thank you for all of those who have come to be a prayer warrior for someone else or to lift up their own challenges unto you, who have come to be on their knees with you, Heavenly Father, in one accord. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you say, to come unto you, all those who are weary, and you will give us rest. That your yoke is easy, Father God. Father, that we should be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with much thanksgiving that we bring our requests unto you. And so, Father, our prayer today is that you would heal our hearts, Father. Whatever is going on, Father God, that we surrender it to you for your glory, for your purposes. And Father, strengthen us. Strengthen us that when we go beyond these four walls, that we would make an impact with someone else on your behalf. So thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are a great, great God, so worthy to be praised, and that we do. We praise you. We give you glory. We love you, Lord, with much thanksgiving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.